Hello, it's fantastic to see you today. Uh, we're doing the last in a series, or you're aware, uh, on the series on Sabbath rest. And uh, subheading for today is restoration. So Sabbath rest, looking at restoration. Now in the passage that Fiona just read to us, we see... Oh my good, there you go. So we see two related incidents of the Pharisees looking for reasons to critique Jesus and indeed his followers in terms of how they are violating the laws relating to Sabbath as conceived of by the Pharisees. So the Pharisees are looking for reasons to critique Jesus. And we see two incidents then. So the first, uh, Jesus is walking through a field and his disciples take some ears of corn and they break them so they can eat them. And the Pharisees don't like that. And uh, Jesus responds by uh, endorsing the fact that the Sabbath is made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And then a second incident we see where Jesus heals someone on the Sabbath and the Pharisees are livid about this. And Jesus comes back uh, with that amazing statement. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? Is it lawful to save life or to destroy it? So two incidents then of the Pharisees critiquing Jesus and Jesus coming back with a lesson, a valuable lesson for us in terms of understanding Sabbath. Now on that note, lessons from this passage, I'd like us to take away a few points. The first point, that God is good. The second point, that his laws, his observances, including the Sabbath, are good. The third point, that we can apply the restoration that is inherent in God's gift of rest through faith and obedience to God's word. Not man's word, but God's word. And fourthly, that not only are we called to be recipients of the restoration that God gives us, but we're also called to be agents of that same restoration in the lives of God of others. So firstly then, God is good. Nahum 1.7 says that the Lord is good. There was a uh, 20th century prophetic Christian writer called uh, A.W. Tozer and he made this interesting statement. A.W. Tozer, he said, the first thing that pops into your head when you think about God is the most important thing about you. The first thing that pops into your head when you think about God, is the most important thing about you. Now, play along with me. Uh, I'd like you to just shut your eyes and just think about that for a moment. And what is the first thought that pops into your head when you think about God? Now, I don't know what came into your head, but how do you feel, if A.W. Tozer is right, how do you feel about that being the most important thing about you. It's intriguing to reflect on the fact, if you agree with this statement, that we will eventually become like the God we think exists. And it's no doubt the case that if the Pharisees were to apply that little exercise and close their eyes and see what came into their head, I doubt they would have had that loving, incredible father that ran to embrace the prodigal flash into their minds when they thought about it. And the very fact that they didn't have that as their first thought meant that they didn't then embody that in their lives and in their representation of God in their role as religious leaders. 
you and I need a revelation that God is good. And we need to be so consumed by that revelation that not only does it drive who we are, but it drives how we show up in the world and the God that we reveal to others. Secondly then, because he's a good God, it's kind of inherent in that, it's a logical follow-on, that his commands, his laws, his Sabbath are good things. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 8, it says, we know the law is good if one uses it properly. An interesting uh, proviso there. And explicitly about the Sabbath, we read in Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 13 to 14. I'll read them to you. You came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from the heavens. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right and decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and gave them commands, decrees and laws through your servant Moses. He's a good God and his commands are good. And his Sabbath is to be conceived of as a good gift. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of the heavenly lights. Who doesn't change like shifting shadows. And so unlike the Pharisees. We need to be people who conceive of a good God. Whose commands are good and life giving. And whose Sabbath is a gift that we're to receive. And inherent in that gift is the restoration that I said is a subheading of today's sermon. That restoration is part and parcel of this Sabbath gift. We saw in those two instances from Mark's gospel that Fiona read how restoration was inherent in those two incidents. We saw the restoration that came through food. Jesus' disciples eating of the corn. But also Jesus referred to an instance in the Old Testament where David and his followers were starving. They were on the run and they ate of the consecrated bread. And so they were restored through that bread. An interesting lesson there that actually the law of need trumps the ceremonial law in those kind of examples where again we see the point of the law is that it's for our good, for our restoration. And then beyond that, if restoration is inherent in God's command and in God's gift of Sabbath. My third point, we receive the gracious gift of restoration through faith and through obedience to God's word and his spirit. So we receive this gift and this restoration through faith, through faith in the goodness of God, his willingness and his ability to bring restoration and through obedience to that command. In that passage we saw with the man with the shriveled hand that was healed, he was restored. Jesus said to him to come to him. Some translations have stand. He was asked by Jesus to stand in front of everyone. In the ESV it says, come to me. And this man responded to the invitation, if you will, the command of Jesus through obedience. And again, when Jesus said in verse 5, stretch out your hand, he did that very thing, even though he knew he couldn't. And the healing ensued. So will we be people who believe that God is good, that he is willing and able to bring restoration? And will we respond in obedience to the command of Jesus that we would know that? Finally, we're not only called to receive restoration for ourselves, but to be agents of restoration. When Jesus asked The question of the Pharisees, is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath, to save life or to destroy it? The obvious truth is that it is always lawful 
to do what is right, what is true, what is good, what is loving, which is according to God's law on his terms, not that of the religious leaders. In fact, to deliberately refrain from doing good is to do evil. We see that in James chapter 4 and verse 17, where it says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Will we, we be people who, like the Pharisees, remain silent when Jesus asks the question? Or will we respond emphatically with, yes, it is right, it is lawful, it is good to receive God's love, to know his goodness, to receive the restoration inherent in that gift of his love and to share it with others. In order that we do that, in order that we receive restoration and become agents of restoration, it could be that there's a bit of repenting to do. In that passage, you'll have noted that Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for their hard-heartedness. One commentator I wrote, I identified hard-heartedness as a stubborn resistance to the purpose of God. Perhaps we might not identify with that. We might not think, wow, I'm not stubbornly resistant to the purposes of God. But unbelief can give rise to other things. Perhaps indifference. Perhaps complacency in the things of God. Perhaps we might need to repent of those things. I'd like to lead us in a time of ministry. There's much more that could be said. But these two incidents reveal to us the heart of Sabbath and the lessons that are inherent in that, that God is good, that his word is good, his commands are good, that Sabbath is a good gift and that inherent in that gift is the restoration of the whole person. We receive the man's hand, we receive the disciples eating, but actually the whole person God is interested in the whole person and he desires to restore us. But we need to apply this gift of restoration. We have to choose not to be indifferent, not to be complacent, but to respond to Jesus' invitation to come to him, to stand out, even in a crowd and say, I'm interested, I'm full on for Jesus and I want by faith and obedience to appropriate the restoration of the Lord in my life. And as I've already said, beyond that, to be an agent of restoration by not only avoiding complacency or indifference to God's desire to restore me, but actually getting his heart for others. Even as we've heard about racism, even as we're aware of the needs of people around us during this pandemic, to actually allow the Lord to break our hearts with his love for others, to see the issues that are there, to see the crisis at hand, to see the need that the individual around the block, the individual next door has and to be moved by love for them. Let's pray, shall we? If you're willing, even at home, we're not doing this in a church building, but why don't you just close your eyes where you find yourself, wherever you're sat in front of a tablet, laptop, phone. Perhaps open your hands as a gesture that you're wanting to receive such a good gift as the one I've been describing. And so, Father, good Father, we ask in Jesus' name, that you would fill us even now with the good gift of your Holy Spirit. Just allow God's Spirit to move upon you now, to touch you in the deep places with his love, with his truth, to dislodge, to displace what is not of him, 
and instead to bring his love, his change, his power to bear on your life. As I was thinking about this ministry time, four R's came to mind. Revelation, repentance, restoration and releasing. And I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to bring a revelation, a fresh revelation of the goodness of God to you, even right now in your home, wherever you're watching this. What was it that came to mind when you were thinking the first thought that came into your head? Well, allow the Holy Spirit to come with a fresh revelation of the goodness of God, that he is a good dad, and he thinks only kind and good thoughts towards you. Just allow that revelation to come. God reveals his love to you afresh and gives you a fresh vision of who he is. The second R, perhaps there is a need for some kind of repentance. Perhaps you can identify with the position of the Pharisees. Or maybe there has been a root of unbelief that explains why you've not been able to capture this message or appropriate it in your life and circumstance. The scripture says, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us. But mercifully, if we confess our sins, God will not only forgive us, but cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So just allow the Holy Spirit to convict you both of his forgiveness, but also the cleansing, the fresh start that he wants to enable in your life today. Thirdly, restoration Jesus and the disciples ate food that restored them physically the man's hand was restored through a healing miracle what is the need that you have today for the Lord's gracious restoration I encourage you by faith and through obedience to allow the Holy Spirit now to bring the restorative power of the Lord Jesus Christ into the place where you are and into your whole person, your spirit, your soul, your body, bringing life, bringing peace, bringing equilibrium, bringing healing, even bringing joy. Even as I stand here, I'm just aware of the presence of God settling on me and settling on you affirming these truths that he is a good dad that he is the God who brings forgiveness and that he is releasing his gift of restoration but there's one more thing even as we receive restoration and go on receiving the gracious restoration that the Lord has for us God wants to commission us as agents of restoration and so receive a fresh empowerment of his spirit and a fresh conviction to see the needs of others and to have God's good heart for them. That far from acting like the Pharisees did, they didn't even see the man with the shriveled hand as a person in need. They saw him as a means of trapping Jesus. Will we see the needs of people with the compassion of Christ? And will we go to them as agents of restoration? 
just receive a fresh conviction, but a fresh empowerment of his love so that he would send you in his name to be an agent and force for restoration. As we go back into worship, allow the Holy Spirit to continue to stir these things in you. Even beyond this time, let's get on board with who he is, with who he wants to be in us and who he wants to be through us, that we would know his love, that others would see, that others would know, and that he alone would be glorified. In Jesus' name.